Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. I want us to stand, if we would, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I, um, I first of all, want to, I do want to thank all of you that have been praying at home or at church. We've had some every morning praying, and um, there was a great group last night uh, praying in corporate prayer, and I know um, <clears throat> there are people that come till, um, you know, 10 o'clock or so, and pray here at church and I know it's a, a bit of a sacrifice it's a, um, you know to set the alarm get up roll out come and uh, you say well does God require it no but um, starting out the first of the year and making an effort to say I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge, Lord, we need your help. We need your presence. And I, I, I know Brother John Reagan <laughs> needs prayer. Uh, Sister Lois Stewart, still in the hospital. Um, Sister Sabrina Eckstein's mother, Sarah, um, had lung surgery yesterday, and they discovered uh, she's got stage three lung cancer. And, um, you know, here it is, 2024. Of course, the Stretton family that uh, had a fire just the end of 23, Brother Reagan, the end of 23. How do you know all these things, what's going to happen in a year? And uh, yet here we are and uh, able to acknowledge, Lord, we need you. And uh, I, I want us to do that tonight. And I know we have a list. We gave out a list last night at corporate prayer. And, and uh, if you are able to come I, and pray in the, tomorrow morning and Friday morning, or make sure you establish and set aside some time at home and, and uh, pray, uh, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, hour. I'm not trying to police um, 2 hours, 6 hours. The Bible says pray without what? And you say, well, I'm praying all the time. Oh, God, help me. I, I understand. But uh, when we have a privilege to talk to the Lord, I think... You know how important it is to let, let's pray. So uh, thank you for making the effort for, for driving. I, I noticed last night so many had driven. Even the whites come from Coshocton, late, dark, all that. But uh, here again tonight, how important it is. You know, and you say, well, takes me longer to drive and get there and go back home. That. I know you can always find a reason not to, or you can say, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. I'm going to be there. I'm going to unite with 
people of God, and I'm going to just say a word of prayer. So, hallelujah. If you know of someone else that needs prayer, raise your hand. We will pray. If you need to be anointed, you're welcome to come. We'll anoint you. But let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. We pray right now that you will move in a mighty way. You are able, Lord, to hear and answer prayer. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. I know uh, <clears throat> we were having prayer also for uh, Brother Sam. Uh, 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 Lunsford, and uh, he is in the hospital as well, and he needs prayer, and I know um, uh, the baby Charlotte Rose also needs prayer so a lot of, lot of individuals that need prayer <laughs> so I am I am thankful that we can pray aren't you? Hallelujah praise God praise God <laughs> we want our ushers to come wait on us we receive our Wednesday night offering we appreciate you giving your faithfulness in uh, 2023 and I know Sister Vanita Luzader also texted that she was not feeling well and uh, hated to miss the first Wednesday of the year so hallelujah we're glad that all of you are here and nobody else will be able to say they came to every Wednesday of the year 
So, uh, hallelujah. If you're not here, you can't, uh, you, you can't say that. So, praise God. But all of us can. Hallelujah. Lord, bless every gift, every giver. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Praise God. Praise God. the Lord. This week, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, not tomorrow night, Friday night, 7 o'clock, and um, Saturday at 10 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a special services for our young folks. I hope you'll make uh, an effort to be here and, and, and uh, bring some of your own uh, youth. They're going to try to have some get-togethers afterwards and have some activities. And uh, I do pray, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, these uh, young folks will have a safe trip here. They're driving, and I know um, it's supposed to snow or something, as even worse as you get further east. But um, I am uh, pray that the Lord will give them safe uh, driving here and that, you know, be here and encourage them, encourage our youth, encourage them to, um, <clears throat> you know, um, worship the Lord, talk to the Lord. As I mentioned Sunday night or Sunday morning, rather, uh, you never know our young people and what they uh, <clears throat> are going to face this year, just like um, all of us. We never know um, you know um, what we're gonna what we're gonna face. So um, we're we're thankful that uh, we can call on the name of the Lord. So uh, we're gonna look in the Word of the Lord tonight. Um, that's uh, Friday seven, Saturday ten, and then Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, we are growing apostolic legacy. And I am going to talk about Daniel. I um, <clears throat> was studying in Daniel and reading in Daniel, and Sister Lee text and asked if I would ever consider doing Revelation. I have done Revelation uh, two different times in our Grow Bible study or Hyphen Bible study. I have. Uh, gone through the book of Revelation verse by verse and not that I know all there is to know about Revelation or that I understand all there is to understand about the book of Revelation but uh, <clears throat> simply uh, sort of as 
uh, going through it. And I know um, I, I get, uh, I, I don't want people to be overwhelmed in the same story and oh, uh, and I've, uh, I know even in helping the hyphens sometimes when I have gone through Revelation, some of them will say, oh, this book's horrible, it's scary, it's overwhelming, it's um, <clears throat> whatever. And I, I realize that it is. And so I, uh, I know we're going to be having some uh, young folks that will be speaking here on Wednesdays uh, the next few weeks, but uh, we're kind of getting all that established as we go forward um, uh, but um, the key that, and, and I may pick this up in Daniel, um, I mean, I may pick up Daniel in the Grow Bible study, and if so, we do try to, um, we do try to uh, stay, uh, record it where people can hear. We do log on. If people want to log on on Monday night, uh, Caitlin will add your name to the list and you can get an invitation and hopefully just hit that and it will take you right to the Zoom page. We want to make it easy for those that uh, want to log on. We do our best to uh, keep all of that uh, where it's there. Um, getting the lessons from Revelation, we'll see. We'll try to possibly uh, in the spring uh, maybe try to bunch it together so it's not uh, so long and so many chapters. I think 22 chapters it, and there's so much there, so much depth. But um, the main book that correlates with Revelation is the, the Old Testament book of Daniel. And um, how many remember, how many have been in church long enough to remember the big chart that they used to pull across the church? We had one in Lone Oak. My dad taught, had Daniel and Revelation, and I taught with it. And we would sell these little charts for a dollar, I think, and it was supposed to offset the cost of the big chart. I don't even know if you can order them anymore. I don't know. <clears throat> we can see about printing some up. Maybe I can find one and, and uh, get, get some of that scanned in and printed. But um, it had a big image. And it was the image of Nebuchadnezzar, remember? And then there was a stone on the far end, and it showed uh, the stone that the builders rejected, how it fell on the ten toes. And it was a, a great, great series of Bible studies, kind of a timeline. And what was interesting always about um, that study was that the one thing that Daniel did not see was the church age. He saw the, he saw the destruction of Jerusalem. He saw the fall of the children of Israel. 
and then he saw sort of uh, nothing in the church age, and then he saw the restoration of Israel. He did, though, know about uh, the seven years of what was called seven years of trouble, Daniel's, the, what we would call the tribulation period, um, Armageddon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So Daniel's book is like Revelation. The, the word Revelation in Greek is apocryphal. It's um, um, the, uh, the book, the word uh, means um, that sense of apocryphal. Now, when we hear that word, we think of it destruction, you know, but in, in reality, the word just means to reveal, to show. And Daniel's book is that. And so I'm going to um, <clears throat> let you, I will use, uh, let you turn to some scriptures. I didn't want to put all the scriptures there. I don't want to overwhelm you with this, but kind of give you an introduction to Daniel. Probably uh, much of it you may know already. Um, I don't know, but uh, to kind of catch everybody up to speed. If we uh, start with the other teaching, we may, uh, I may continue this on Monday night, but we'll see. First of all, there is some controversy surrounding the book of Daniel. Um, in fact, What's interesting is the other day, just a couple days ago, my wife asked me, she said, I'm a little offended. I saw a reel uh, that said Daniel didn't, was not a real person. He did not exist. And the individual uh, that wrote that, she said, and that offends me because he was supposedly a Jewish scholar. And I said, well... I have heard that before. So it kind of got me thinking about Daniel. And I want to at least let you know if you see a reel or you see something that you will realize why they say some of that. And that is, the first reason is because no one is um, attributing the book as being written to anybody. The book of Daniel doesn't say a letter to the children of Judah, to the children of Israel, to it doesn't tell us who it's written to. And so there's no direct knowledge of who it's written to. The first uh, six or seven chapters are very unique in that you don't see any... Uh, identification of who is actually writing. Uh, it starts off with some stories, some important stories, some stories that we've heard. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and uh, uh, some of those identify those players, but it doesn't really say who's writing it until you get to the seventh chapter and the second verse where it says, Daniel spake and said, I saw by vision. And so from Daniel, the seventh chapter, till the end of the book of Daniel, 13 times Daniel identifies it as being the writer. 
So there are people that go, well, since he didn't write it as a letter to someone, and since he didn't put his name as the author, because if you read the New Testament, it says, I, Paul, to the church at Rome, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They assume that it was not written by Daniel. I, I don't agree with that. I believe Daniel was the author because um, Daniel is identified in other books of the Bible. In Ezekiel, the 14th chapter, it says these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job. And, uh, and then in the 28th chapter, it identifies Daniel by name. And then the, the main reason that I believe Daniel existed is Matthew, the 24th chapter, and Mark, the 13th chapter, when Jesus himself said these words. And when you see the abomination spoken of by the prophet Daniel, spoken of by Daniel, the nation of desolation, abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. So I guess if Daniel was made up, I don't think Jesus would have said, called him out by name. So for me, there's no, when I hear somebody say it's a made up book, I just go, you don't know the Bible. Uh, another place in Ezekiel, it talks about being wiser than Daniel. And so um, that's one of the reasons why sometimes they say Daniel may not be real. And I don't, I don't believe that. If you hear that, you can go, not sure I agree with it. The second reason is they are great scholars and they have identified from the second chapter of Daniel till about the seventh chapter of Daniel. There are numerous times when Daniel in the original does not write in Hebrew. He writes in Aramaic. And so there are words that he writes that are Aramaic words. And yet, I would tell you that when you read Ezra, Ezra also switches over to Aramaic, which was the common language of the time. And then uh, even Jeremiah, who was earlier than Daniel, also will has used in, in his writings uh, some Aramaic words. For instance, Jeremiah, uh, the, um, <clears throat> the 10th chapter and the 11th verse, uh, if you have blue letter Bible, you can uh, click it and you can uh, see uh, Jeremiah 10 and 11 um, when it says, Thus y'all shall say unto them, The gods that have made the heavens and earth. Well, that's, that phrase in Jeremiah 10 11 is in Aramaic. And so, you know, uh, yet no one questions the rest of the book of Jeremiah, which is all written in Hebrew. So when you uh, hear people say, well, he the first part of it. But then the last part of Daniel was written in Hebrew. And yet, 
um, there's kind of like two main divisions and later I guess we could spend a while and talk about those divisions because the first six chapters uh, are really uh, sort of one division and then the last chapters uh, go into a whole nother uh, part where really the last from chapter seven on is what we would call the apocryphal part or the revealing part or the prophecy part. Uh, there's not much prophecy in Daniel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, mainly it's recounting some events that happened in Babylon. And yet what we know is that in fact, um, Nebuchadnezzar did come and they did take the people captive and there was um, a reason for that. And according to Isaiah and Jeremiah, does anybody know what the reason for, uh, some of the reasons for them going into captivity? You know? Isaiah and Jeremiah talk about that. Uh, also, 2 Chronicles, the 36th chapter, gets very detailed about why they went into captivity. But in Isaiah, uh, a lot of verses, 24, first few verses, it says, the earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. The main reason that they went into captivity is they have ignored the laws of God. And one of the laws specifically was the keeping of the Sabbath, specifically the sabbatical year, sabbatical year, the year of rest. Every seven years, what was supposed to happen to the land? Rest, no planning. And they refused. They refused to obey God's law. Why have to do it? And for 490 years, they refused. And so how many Sabbaths would that be that they ignored taking the sabbatical year? Anybody? 490 years, they did not do it. So if you divide that every seventh year, seven into 49 is what? Seven and then a zero, so for 70 years. How long did they go into captivity? 70 years, you guys got it, brilliant. So it was like God said, you ignored this, I didn't deal with it, 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 bam. Now, 70 years of captivity. God's good at keeping records. Speaking of that, in a few days, weeks, we'll try to give out a record of giving and if we've messed up, Please forgive us. We have several streams that come in from Square to online to 
checks to cash to you name it. And if we've made an error, please don't just get frustrated. Just come and say, hey, I gave more, less. You know, we try to keep track of every dime that comes in and where it goes, but I'm human and I'm fallible. But let me tell you who's perfect in his record keeping? He knows. I mean, you know, fast forward to the New Testament when a couple came in and said, oh, we sold our property and we're giving all of it to God. The Holy Ghost quickened Simon and what did he say? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Boom. Then his wife came in. And what, did, what happened there? <laughs> the guys that carried out her husband carried her out. What are you saying? Are you upset? No, I'm not. I'm telling you, record keeping, God knows. In fact, he is so meticulous, he said, not a jot or a tittle, which is like a comma or a parenthesis line, parenthetical, not even a parenthetical, it's like a possessive, a little jot or a tittle will pass away from my word. He And if you ever been to Jerusalem and you see one of the things that uh, they try to and they encourage their young people to do is to copy the Torah which is our first five books of the Bible Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers Deuteronomy to copy it in the original Hebrew and make your own Torah write it and we were uh, one time up at Masada and saw a man with his children working on that. And what are you saying? I'm just saying that it is, the Lord is very meticulous. I know, I know we are, we have a lot of translations and we have a lot of translations on our phones and I, I will, some of them are very good and you can use them and read them and figure them out and open understanding and I'm not against, I know, it's true, probably, um, not probably, truthfully, when I have a real Bible in my hand, um, I, a text doesn't come across that I need to look at. And uh, I'm not tempted to play Candy Crush. And uh, I'm not tempted to check my mail. And I don't get alerts, you know, about the latest sale of the greatest, neatest, Bronco ready slicer dicer. So I get it. I, I, I know Brother Easter will emphatically say, bring your Bible, don't bring your phone. And I get why there's emphasis there. I do use my phone though to read the Bible. I do use it, but there's a danger. If you can't Flip, swipe up or down or sideways and ignore the sale brochure 
or check your mail, then, you know. And I don't want to ask. I, I don't want to show of hands if anybody's ever been guilty of being on your phone trying to read the Bible and have gone down a rabbit hole. I'm guilty. Maybe y'all are all innocent. But you know what? It doesn't happen nearly as often as when I'm reading this. So, again, I'm not telling you not. But bringing the Word of God, having the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God is an important part of, of understanding. That's why he said, and in Jeremiah, thus saith the Lord, you've not listened to me in proclaiming liberty. That, that liberty, what was supposed to happen on the 50th year, every 49 years there was supposed to be another year, and that was called what? Jubilee. And what was supposed to happen in Jubilee? You gave back. You gave back property that people had bought. You gave back, if they had become an indentured servant, you set them at liberty. You, all debts were clear. Everything goes back. And so when Jeremiah, he's specifically talking about the liberty of the year of Jubilee. He said, you did not do it. Everyone to his brother, every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the, what? Sword, to pestilence, to famine. And I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And he goes on and talks about who's going to be king. Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his princes I will give into the hands of the enemies, into the hand of them that seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army. So Jeremiah and Isaiah both prophesied that you have not obeyed the covenant, you have not kept the Sabbath, and Later, if you read Isaiah and Jeremiah even in more detail, another reason was they were, had gone into idol worship, idolatry. And the Lord was very angry about that. And what's interesting is after they come back from Babylon, there's not a lot of writings, but in what writings you have, you don't hear a strong attack against idolatry. I don't know if the children of Israel got it or if they were so dispersed that those that were following idols just sort of went their own way. I don't know, but it's not too long after that that Malachi is written and then there's silence until you hear about Jesus. But here he said, I'll give you into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which are gone before you, and I will, I will command, saith the Lord, cause them to return to this city. They shall fight against it, take it, burn it with fire, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without an inhabitation. But, 24th chapter. But this thing command I them, saying, Obey 
my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Walk ye in the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. And they hearken not, but they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walked in the counsel and in the imagination of their evil heart, went backward and not forward. Was that written in 2024? People do their own thing. Are we at the same place? You can tell people, try to talk to them, huh? And you go, the first thing in Daniel 1 that happens, now I, I told you the first six chapters are all the fun stories. How many know a story of Daniel? Anybody ever heard of rawr? Happens in one through six. Anybody heard of bowing down? One through six. That's why the first six chapters are not apocryphal. They're not dealing with the vision. Chapter seven on deals with the vision or the revelation of Daniel. So a lot of great stories, but one of the first things that the Babylonians did was change their names, gave them a new identity. And, you know, I, um, I, I understand, and I am not, we traveled to Israel, and, and if you, uh, I, I should have probably brought one tonight just to show you, but if you looked at most of the men in Israel, uh, there were tassels that were hanging front and back underneath their shirt. With, it was an undershirt that had knots tied in it, and each knot represented one of the commandments, and they wore those. They also wore, and I probably need one because of the lack of hair, but they wore a little skull cap. Anybody ever seen those? And then if they were more conservative, the men would have a long curl coming from right here hanging down. Uh, as a matter of fact, someone bought um, Philip uh, Holmes uh, a hat that had those built into it. And we got tickled. We had his picture made with these little curls coming down. Of course, the women all wore dresses, usually long dresses. You saw very little. <clears throat> they were not short dresses. In fact, uh, not this last time, but the time before this last time we went, we went to Mir Sharim, uh, which is an area of the Orthodox Jews, and they have huge signs up. And those signs say, please, don't, uh, would you honor us and not come into this area if you are a female and you are not properly attired? I having been there before, have seen them throw water and stuff out on the street because they feel that it's, you're disrespecting them if you uh, do wrong. We were able, we asked our first, uh, not this last year, but the year before, we asked our guide, and he, when he first came, when we first landed, 
he said, there's no way we can take you. And then after two or three times of um, days and he saw how our women were dressed, he said, if, if all the women will wear a head covering, uh, we can probably go through there. And we did. And uh, how many remember that? walking through some of that area and was just a, a more conservative area. And I know, I know that um, in the States, you know, these little, they have little clip-ons that you can clip on your belt loops that look like the tassels. And uh, you can clip them on the front and back. Uh, you can clip four of them on your pants. And you don't have to wear the, the undershirt that has them on it. Uh, but it just has the knots tied like a little chain. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are a lot of Jewish people that don't wear a, a skull cap, that don't uh, wear the, uh, uh, the little... Uh, uh, is it called a, a talit? Is that what it's called, Papa Don? I, uh, huh? Yeah, the talit that has the cords. And yet, um, if you go to their homes, I would venture to say most of them will have um, a, uh, not a, uh, they will have a mezuzah on the doorpost. And when all the rooms that we stayed in, it's a little, box and it has uh, the Torah, uh, the Shema in it and when they walk out they kiss it and they go forward and I realize, you know, I am, I am not saying that we need to do any of those things. I am not, I know people will have a rosary and people will have a crucifixion and, and so forth, and there was a time when non-Catholics, Catholics, all these people would wear WWJD bracelets. Anybody remember that? In fact, I'll go one that's even not religious at all. I grew up in the era in the 70s when we got bracelets that had prisoners of war on them. A little metal, anybody remember those but me? Huh? Few of you. And that was kind of cool, you know. I'm, I'm remembering. And you were supposed to pray for them. And it was a little metal. Band, anybody? I don't know. I probably got rid of it. Deep six. That I don't. I haven't seen it in a long time. Say fifty years. <laughs> but what was it for? It was to remind you of who you were, what you were. Remember, there's prisoners of war. Remember, you belong to somebody else. In fact, when you look at the ribbon of blue, which was supposed to be worn, it was supposed to be designed, you read it in numbers, to remind me who I belong to. 
any of our standards or holiness. In fact, the ribbon of blue was called holiness to the Lord. You know what? That was to remind who? Myself. Who I am and whose I am. What happened in the New Testament, I've got one inch of blue. Somebody came out with two inches of blue. Somebody else came out with three inches of blue. Eight inches of blue. You know what the Lord said about them? You've enlarged the... What? Borders of your garment. And you know what you're trying to do? Impress them. Look at how good I am. He said, not going to work. Because who is it supposed to be showing? Me. Who I belong to. Whose I am. And I know you say, well, Pastor, I don't need that to show me. I read a, a book several years ago by a Jewish girl who talked about uh, how the separation kept her from some of the guys at the school. She didn't go to a Jewish school, but some of the guys from talking about her, telling her jokes, saying things to her because they would say, you don't understand. You wouldn't get it. You don't get it. And it made a difference with her. I want to tell you something. And I know, I, I understand, we preach things incorrectly at times. We said heaven or hell, and you're going to do this, and it's gonna, you're going to bust hell wide open. And I get all of that. But the, the truth of the matter is, we need to have some boundaries that remind me of who I belong to. And when a person just acts like, I can look like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, go where the world goes, watch what the world watches, I'm sorry, you are the one that is getting yourself in trouble. Because you need a separation. One of the first things that the Babylonians, what Nebuchadnezzar did was, I'm going to give you a different name. Because I don't want you to identify with your name. Why? Because all of their names spoke of Jehovah or the Lord or God. Daniel, I mean, I'm sorry, let me punch it up here. Daniel, the E-L, that's what name? God. What his name meant was God is judge. So what did they change it to? Belteshazzar or Belshazzar, which means Bel or Baal will protect your life. Why would they want to, why did they care? If it's no big deal to the world, huh? Why didn't they just say, well, we'll call you Daniel? The other name was Hananiah, the I-A-H, 
comes direct out of Jehovah. It means God has favored. They, what did they change his name to? Shadrach. What does that mean? Aku. The moon god speaks. Why, why, you know. And I, I know it's, it's a struggle. And as parents, I've told, we all have, that if they're really your friend, they, they're not going to force you to do what they do, drink with them. Huh? If they really are your buddy, you don't have to join them. They ought to respect your boundaries. But if you have no boundaries, and if you don't teach your children any boundaries, and you say, well, I want to tell you something. The enemy knows I want to make you feel like you're out of place and that you're, you don't fit in and you're not cool like the rest, of, especially our kids. This is why I, I, I encourage you, if you can at all, be here Friday and Saturday and Sunday morning, Sunday, because I want our kids to know they don't have to, they're accepted here, we're excited when they're praying. We're excited when they're worshiping. Are they perfect? No. But the enemy's job is to make them feel isolated. You're different. You're weird. Huh? You don't need to identify with that group at all. You don't need to identify. Well, those are a bunch of nuts, holy rollers, yeah, I, oh, I heard about you. Oh, yeah, you're one of those tongue talkers. Oh. And hey, I understand. Simon Peter couldn't handle it. It's a little bit of pressure. Hey, aren't you from Galilee? Oh, no, no, no. Huh? Anyway, Mishael, the E-L, was the original name in the Hebrew, and that is... It's a great, it's a neat phrase. Who is what God is? They, turn, they changed his name to Meshach. Who is what Aku or the moon God is? That's because, you know, I am that I am. Who is he? He's anything you want to call him. Mishael. So they changed his name to who is the moon God? Azariah, the I-A-H, the Lord helps. They changed his name to Abednego or Abednego. The servant of Nego, which is Nebo, who was the son of Baal or Baal. And so why, if it was no big deal to try to get these young men indoctrinated into Babylon, why change their name? Huh? Not only did they change their name, but what was the next thing that they tried to do? Feed them different. 
They, first thing you'll read in Daniel, the first chapter, is they wanted to feed them different. They wanted to feed them, and the reason that we call it a Daniel's fast is the lack of meat because Daniel knew that their meat was offered to idols. Their meat was not killed, kosher. The blood wasn't drained. It was not, and so we'll read, and we won't do it tonight, but you'll read in that first chapter where he is very respectful. He doesn't, he's not arrogant. He doesn't stand up and say, I'm protesting, I have the right to, he didn't, he knew he didn't have rights. He knew he had no rights. He was very kind. He goes to the his handlers and said, please, would you allow us? And the guys go, we'll get in trouble for stealing your food if you come up here and look like your death warmed over from eating porridge every day. If you're pasty looking and lose weight, they'll, they'll kill us. But if we'll give it 10 days. We'll see if 10 days you can do it. But when you read, you know, Daniel made this stance, and yet what were the main messages of Daniel? When you read Daniel, what is the main message? Number one, Jehovah is supreme and is always in control. Even though he was captured, even though he was taken to Babylon, even though the hanging gardens of Babylon, the most opulent, one of the wonders of the world, one of the technological, he was not, he still believes Jesus, or God, I'm sorry, he didn't know Jesus, but that Jehovah, God, was still in control. And in fact, he talks about Nebuchadnezzar, and he, he recognizes that Jehovah has supreme rule and authority even over a Gentile or ungodly king. You remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He went nuts for seven years, ate grass like a cow. Daniel realized, hey, saw the vision. Your kingdom is going to fall. Another will take your place. He still believed somehow God may be punishing us now, but he's not destroying us. We're going to come back. We're coming out of this. Daniel never returned, but he still had faith in God. What are you saying? I'm, I know it's almost eight. But I'm here to tell you, whether we're here, whether I'm here, there will be somebody alive and remain at the sounding of the trumpet. Whether it's me, whether it's my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great, you hear what I'm saying? That's the word of God, and it will come to pass. He said it, I believe it. And he had that kind of... Another thing about Daniel, and I know we're praying now, but Daniel is a great lesson on spiritual warfare and the power of prayer. Remember, he talks about how the angel wanted to come, 
And he talks about praying. And, and one of the miracle stories of Daniel was what? It ended up getting a lion reception. But what did he do? Prayed what? How many times a day? Three times. We had ladies that were here Tuesday morning and Tuesday at ladies' prayer and Tuesday night. So y'all were having Daniel fast. Bless your heart. Daniel also foretells of the coming of the Antichrist, the coming seven years of tribulation, the ultimate victory of God, and another important point, the resurrection of the dead. Now, ah, my time is up, sorry. But if you look at Daniel, the first seven verses of the first chapter, and then you compare it to 2 Chronicles, the 36th chapter, that whole chapter, the first 13 verses, talks about four ungodly kings by the name of Jehoahaz, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah. And those four kings are described in 2 Chronicles. You can turn there and read it. Um, as being hard-hearted and stiff-necked and sowing in wickedness and all these things. And because of all of that was why they fell into captivity. And what are you saying? Are you saying God's going to punish me? I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful for the kindness of God. I, you can never, I am so thankful for what, we know about God and the, I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve his kindness. And yet when you read what's coming in Revelation God is not unjust. When you know what people have done and whether you want to name it as attacking his people or whether you want to call it destroying themselves with drugs and substances and being addicted to all sorts of things or abortion or you fill in the blank all that people have done when you read in Revelation that a third of the planet a quarter of the this and it can be overwhelming but Daniel believed that God you used Nebuchadnezzar to get our attention and I don't know, I, I know my time is up, but you know, I, I heard just in the last week, 10 days, earthquake in Washington, D.C., um, earthquake in New Madrid down by Memphis and uh, the New Madrid fault line and, and uh, storms and this and that. Wonder what it will, COVID, what will it take? I would have thought after one beautiful round of COVID churches you couldn't have 
found a seat in churches. Huh? When, when the world saw how quickly the economy shut down and money was stopped and we didn't go anywhere and couldn't buy or sell and shelves in Walmart were bare. I don't, I don't know if y'all remember those things. I went in one day and took pictures. I was like, I can't, I'm blown away. My dad and I left here to go to Arkansas to pick up some stuff and we stopped at a Walmart to get water and there was no water to be had. I don't remember that. No hand sanitizer, no... I, I, I remember going to Sam's and no wipes, the Clorox wipes. No Windex. Anybody? Oh, well, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's the other. Let me tell you something. This whole world. Say, well, that'll never happen again. Oh, yeah, right. You didn't think it would happen the first time. I preached to puppets. I never thought that would happen in my lifetime. Huh? Puppets. That was fun. I mean, if I have five people in here preaching, I'm going to preach because it's much better than puppets. I want to tell you, you know, the Lord is great at records. Oh, God, let's stand. Let's ask the Lord for his grace, his mercy. Hallelujah. I don't want to scare anybody, but let me tell you, when you, if you believe we're living in the last days, and if you believe we're living, when you see, I mean, I'm sure all of y'all heard, but guess what? Israel decided to take out an Iranian general in Beirut, Lebanon, and they sent a drone up and executed him and however many else. And Iran said, oh no. And uh, Ukraine and Russia, it's all going to blow over. I'm getting up a trip to Israel next week. Anybody want to go? They've been raining rockets down in Tel Aviv. Yeah, I'm not going. You aren't either. I tell you, rethink it. Why? We're living, folks. Our last little trip, there was some little incident in Jerusalem where and boom, the fighter jets, and we were down south by the Dead Sea, and we saw, heard them. Remember? That wasn't even Gaza. That wasn't the attack. It was something that happened in Jerusalem. Hey, we're living, I believe, this close. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy.
Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord.